announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. You are now listening to Lucha Outsider Show, available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. At Lucha Outsiders, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Lucha Yeah. 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 All right. Have no fear. The sports entertainers are here. I am the heel, the seal, the deal, the villain. Stay chill. The anti-hero of the IWC. Your boy, Mr. Rated R. And my tag team partner. He is the analysis of the L. Oh. Oh. See, he's the man to put the honor back in Ring of Honor. Straight shooter on Twitter. And when it comes to wrestling, he has a radar from the mean streets of Long Island. Yo, yo, yo. What is going on, fellas? going on ryan right there ryan you're good i'm good all right yeah i see my i'm a little off here i'm a little like there's too much blank space not enough me the llc llc yeah okay we can bring that down what are you doing come on wake up (laughs) (laughs) if only if only the friends of the show and the audience could just see like what leo has been dealing with for like the last one was like a good hour los forts no 15 minutes 15 minutes. Ryan got on at, at, at 10. Uh, yeah, 57. this was happening before Ryan even got on. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. Uh, Leo, how are you? Bro? I'm good. I'm good now. We're on the air. We're live. There's people listening to us. We're recording for the podcast version and uh, subscribe and let people know we're here. You're okay. You're you're back to somewhat normal because the last time you were on the show, you were a little bit. Uh, I was loopy. Yeah. So, But no, yeah, we're good. Uh, a lot of uh, learning. So we're here. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> Ryan, how are you, dude? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, no complaints on my end, actually. So we're doing good. Why would you have any complaints? We're on the road to WrestleMania. You're going to be making right. this trip, you know, across the right. country for this Three show. Three weeks out. Yeah, a couple weeks out already. It's crazy how fast it's come. But, yeah, still putting the finishing touches on my trip. And, uh, yeah, man, excited to get out to Cali. Yeah, this should be a fun trip. Uh, I haven't... I've been to California a couple times already, but never for anything wrestling related. But uh, for Mania, it should be pretty yeah. dope. I just, I just it's, couldn't do it, man. I couldn't do it. It's gonna be like New York, honestly. It's gonna be uh, hectic traffic getting one place yeah. to the other. That's the only gripe I have about this. But uh, nonetheless, it's Mania weekend, so I'm gonna be in a good mood. I'm not, you know. Of course, of course, we got a stacked Mania that we were just saying off air is probably one of the best like Mania cars that we got. In- in a, I mean, not in a while. Last year's was really good too, but it just feels like a really important well, card. 
last year's ended up being good. On paper, it looked awful last year. That's my opinion. Like, going into it, I was just like, what is this card? Like, this card looks terrible. I mean, a couple of good things, but ended up being really good. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what's going to happen this year is, like, the card looks really good, and it's going to end up being a fucking disaster. That's what's going to happen. But you know what? Maybe it's just, like, the California curse. Because I remember WrestleMania 31, on paper, a lot of people were like, yo, this is going to be one of the worst manias of all time. and ended up being, like, one of the best manias of all yeah. time. That's true. Yeah, it was. It was a really good one. So, yeah, let's hope they, uh, you know, they deliver. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, Leo, we good on sound? We're we're yeah. bonds are up. Everything's yeah, good. Yeah, we're good. Let's go. Let's take off. Okay. So last time we did a show, we were not sour, but we were kind of like just we were giving criticism on the AEW booking, and we were fair. Okay, we were we were fair. On our criticism, because let's be honest here, you know, we're fans of everything. We watch everything. We don't want to see none of these promotions fail. We're not fickled wrestling fans that just because a product isn't that great automatically, we're like, yo, fuck them. We want to see them die. We're not those type of people here, okay? We're not like some of these other fucking Mark podcasts and shows that do something similar to what we do, that just go on rants and they have an agenda, et cetera, et cetera. We're not those type of people. But we were critical on the AEW um Thank you, Leo, for reminding me. We were critical on the AEW product. But before we get started, it's hashtag. I almost forgot. Jeez, how could you forget? It's your gimmick. Come on. Rebel time. Holy shit, I almost forgot. Wow. Thank you, Leo, for reminding me. Ooh, I also needed that, too. I need to wake up. Let's get this Let's get this rebel in my system. Okay. So we were critical on AEW. But when I tell you this past Sunday, AEW Revolution was a fantastic pay-per-view top to bottom 1000%. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not really surprised either, you know. And the the product right now, we've mentioned it a bunch of times, it's just not overly exciting. The build to this card just was not there uh like previous AEW pay-per-views. The excitement going in, there was just no buzz, no hype. But yeah, they absolutely knocked it out of the park. And I, like I said, I'm really not surprised because when it comes to pay-per-views, they have a proven track record of always delivering. And, uh, you know, this one was no different. Three potential match of the year candidates yep. uh, all added to the list um, that we'll definitely revisit at the end of the year. Um, I really thought from top to bottom, this show was very, very enjoyable and, and probably, in my opinion, one of the best, if not the best match that we've ever seen in the three-plus year history of AEW in that Iron Man match. I thought that was just absolutely incredible. That was yep. one of the best Iron Man matches I've ever seen. Um so good. Just so good. So yeah, I really, really enjoyed this pay per view. I do wanna get into that Iron Man match, but I kinda just wanna what we'll do is we'll kinda go through this card real quick and then just fill in what we know now with Dynamite, if you're cool with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll fill yeah. in the, the Dynamite gaps within this pay-per-view. So they started the pay per view. I know there was a pre show, but they started the, the main card with Ricky Starks and Chris Jericho. Listen these two got chemistry. I know the, the the feud and kind of the story going into it was a little bit just weird. But uh, I thought this match was great. I didn't need the Sammy Guevara interference because it's like the whole gimmick and the whole purpose of like the, the stipulation of this match was like no jazz interference. Yes, I know Ashton yeah. Andretti made a stop of it. But I was just like, this is just pointless. Like we needed, we didn't need Sammy G showing up. Uh, but overall, I thought this match was really good. And Ricky Starks beats Chris Jericho, another great win for him. And now we're going to see him, which is so random, but I'm not complaining. We see this random on, on Dynamite. I wasn't say Monday Night Raw. This random 
just running by Juice Robinson, and it looks like we're going to get a feud between Juice and Ricky. I know some people are down on it. I'm not. I think, uh, first of all, I think whenever they have this match, it's going to be really, really good. I think Juice Robinson, for whatever reason, I don't know why, maybe due to his bucking in Japan, I think the guy gets a bad rap because he's really good on the mic and the dude mm-hmm. can go in the ring. So I think it's also the reason, maybe because of that, is the reason why people are like, oh, really, Juice? Like, maybe they gave us a reason to care about the guy. We'll actually see, like, hey, this guy is actually great in the ring and he could cut great promos. But I'm interested. I'm intrigued by Ricky Starks and Juice. Yeah, I mean, I like Juice. I have no issues with him. I agree with you. I think he's very underrated. He's good on the mic. He's solid in the ring. Uh, I've been a fan of his for a while, ever since his, uh, you know, kind of just reformation, you know, is when he just, like, was reborn in New Japan. Yep. Uh, and, you know, he had some couple of bangers, really underrated bangers that not a lot of people are going to remember. Um, I think a lot of people are sour on this because, A, it is random, and, two, Ricky came out making it think that, making you think that he was going for, like, the world title, like he was going to be pushed up the card, right. and all of a sudden here comes Juice Robinson, and it's just like, okay, what what is this feud? I'm all for them putting Juice over, not not over Ricky Starks, but you know what I mean, like right, right, getting right. him involved and putting him over on television. Um, so I'm, I'm fine with it. It is what it is, but I could see why there was frustration um, with, you know, among the fans here because uh just not really what you would expect and also too i mean god what a big giant troll job throwing the bullet club logo i know that, you just read my money. mind you just read my mind because yeah. I, I listen i didn't think that i was just like who who was it gonna be right but there was a very small portion of the wrestling audience that really thought it was gonna be jay white i'm like it's yeah, not jay yeah. white yeah, it's not gonna be Jay White, but it was a no. it was a great but troll they, they job. Have done that, though. Did you see Ricky Stark's face too when he saw the yeah. Bullet Club logo? He's like, yeah. "What?" <laughs> hey, listen. The, the, I guess the one thing you take away from this is the Bullet Club logo got a huge pop in the year twenty twenty three. So, oh yeah, baby, well, Bullet Club all day, and we're gonna be talking about the Bullet Club in a little bit. Oh, I'm, great. I'm, I'm pumped up, baby. I'm pumped up. <laughs> okay, so um. Jericho, we'll talk about Jericho also in a, in a little bit, but they followed up in Revolution. They followed this up with Jack Perry and Christian Cage. Listen, this match had every reason not to be good, and it was really, really good. Uh, this uh, final burial match, I guess, is like their version of a casket or a, or a um, buried alive match. Yo, these two beat the crap out of each, us, uh, each other. I love the fact that Christian Cage came out with a cutoff turtleneck. What, yeah. a, what a douchey thing to do. <laughs> And, um, yeah, they beat the crap out of each other. They fought outside in the ring. And my favorite thing about this match was the the burial, where (laughs) the second he closed the casket, (laughs) the casket just disappeared. I thought it was really... It dropped like a freaking freight elevator was, like, (laughs) coming off the hinges. It was very, very unique. But it's it's something that we got to credit AEW. You know, they just find certain things to stick out and make themselves different. And I don't know... We've seen these type of gimmick matches before, but for whatever reason, that little that little tweak to the um, the casket, just making the casket disappear, I thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. No, this match was exactly what it needed to be. I mean, based on how this feud has been going for months, uh, is exactly how I pictured it. Beating the crap out of each other. And, um, yeah, dude, I popped huge when he closes the, the casket and all of a sudden just drops and he's... 
you see the smoke and, and all that stuff. I thought it was hilarious. But, uh, yeah, different, you know? And obviously they can't call it a casket match, so right. they call it the final burial, which yep. I like. And I would not not mind seeing more of these matches when, you know, when necessary. Don't overdo it. When necessary, um, you know, you have something like this. So I thought it was really cool. And, uh, yeah, Jungle Boy goes over, as he should. Let's finally close the book on this and let's move the hell on. Let's get Jungle Boy in a title match. Yes. And he says he's coming for yes. a championship. Let's let's push him way up the card now because I think it's time. The problem with AEW sometimes, especially like in this case, in this case with Jungle Boy picking up this big win, is that sometimes they have trouble following it up when someone picks up a big win and then it you just see them lost like in the shuffle. Like they're not even doing much things. And right. it's like that's part of the reason why. I've been saying that everyone could go to AEW, and AEW has like a really stacked roster where it's like a someone like Jungle Boy that many see as like one of the pillars, right? It's like, okay, how are we going to follow this up with Jungle Boy? What is Jungle Boy going to do next? Yeah, right. I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't know if he's, you know, TNT title is kind of, uh, you know, they just crowned new champs. So I don't really see him going for that. Oh, we can, I don't see him going for the world a, title. The AEW international title. Uh yeah, well we'll talk about that soon too. But um I mean, yeah, I guess it's a possibility. Hey. Oh but. man. All right. So following match, we get the trios championship match, the elite versus death triangle. And after this match, to this point, I'm like, this is match of the night. Okay. I didn't think anything was gonna top this match. Obviously, you have six amazing performers. You got the elite, you got the house of black. My favorite thing of this match, besides like the the, the spots that we got. And some of like um, the near falls because we got plenty of near falls, especially like the last like three four minutes. I felt like it was like near fall after near fall after near fall. Yeah. But my favorite thing from this match was I loved the face off between Kenny Omega and Buddy Matthews, and then Kenny Omega and Malachi Black because yeah, those are awesome. The the, the Buddy one specifically, I liked. I enjoyed it a little bit more because you know when Buddy started really showcasing what he could do in 205 Live. And then, like, when he got called up, he got a lot of Kenny Omega comparisons, right? Especially with, like, the knees and, like, the V-triggers and just, like, his wrestling style. Um, so I love that moment where they're both looking at each other and you kind of get, like, you know, like the Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. Yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. something like that. And then you get also that same moment with Malachi, which different styles, but... They're both at, like, the same level, right? When Malachi was Aleister Black and just killing in NXT, right? I remember those, like, two, three years he was in NXT. Like, people were like, okay, he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. And yeah. people would only would fantasy book. Like, imagine Malachi Black with Kenny Omega. And now we yeah. got that face-off. It was just so great to see. And especially at one point where they're both, like, sitting down. And they're both just looking at each other. I thought it was, like, such a dope moment. But... As much as I love the elite, the House of Black needed this win. They needed to feel important. They needed to have something. And them being trio champions, I'm here for it, bro. Yeah, God, they desperately needed this. I was I was rooting hard for them. And I never really go against the elite. But, man, they absolutely needed this. I'm so glad they went over. Uh, yeah, I mean, those face-offs between Malachi and Kenny and Kenny and Buddy was just awesome. Uh, I would love to see a one-on-one, -on -one, you know, two separate one-on-one -on -one matches right 1, there. I'd love to see this continue in some way. It looks like it is, so that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, the finish of the match, too, was so freaking good when Nick Jackson goes for, well, they're going for the Meltzer driver, yep. and then all of a sudden... 
buddy out of nowhere, just knee right to the face. I mean, that was just unbelievable. What a spot. Um, so good, really, really just, I mean, a huge, you knew it was going to be good, but it was just like a giant sprint, like just nonstop action, um, you know, super kicks and, uh, black mass and just all these like crazy moves that you would expect from all six of these guys. So, uh, this match was exactly how I pictured it to go and, uh, I'm glad Hustle Black won and, and let's see, you know. What we get on Dynamite this week, oh, obviously, they're going to be facing off with the a Triple Threat Society. Trios match. Holy That's gonna be fuck. Nuts. That's going to be nuts. So I'm, I'm I'm all here for it, and it gives the House of Black something to do. It gives them an identity, finally, because for too long, they've just been stuck doing absolutely nothing. So just two more things on on, the, on this uh, just House of Black, you know, picking up the win. What I definitely do want to see a Buddy Buddy Matthews and Kenny Omega match, and I definitely want to see Buddy hit a V trigger on Kenny Omega. Visually, oh yeah, I was waiting for it to happen. Uh, visually, you know, and... that's just gonna look insane to see. And yeah. then two with this trios triple threat match, I just love the fact how House of Black, while during the Elite feud they were kind of like the heels. I love how they're just welcoming welcoming old challengers and they're like, listen, we're the team to beat. We are the it team, right? We are the, no pun intended, the elite team. So we'll take any challengers and we'll take you all on at the same time. We don't care. Yeah, no, for sure. The only the only problem I have, and this is just an AEW problem as a whole, is every single time you crown a new champion, like I feel like the champions defend the titles every single week, if not every other week. I mean, Orange Cassidy is on like a... He, he's he's definitely defended this belt like four weeks in a row uh, on, on Dynamite, and half of them have been in the opening match. Um, and it's just like he retains, and then all of a sudden it's another open challenge next week. Oh, you know, he has to defend again. I feel like it's going to happen here, too. We already see the the trio's titles on the line two weeks out of the after they, they won, you know, on pay-per-view, which, you know, two weeks out is fine, but I mean, like, don't make this a common thing where, all right, then then following week they're going to defend it, then they're going to defend again. Listen, I love seeing them on TV, but, like, enough is enough. I'm already getting sick and tired of Orange Cassidy with this international title every single week. Just facing, okay, fine, he's facing, like, uh, Jay Lethals, and he's having good matches, but, like, you just know he's going to retain, and it's just like, we don't need to see him defend the belt every single week. So that's my only problem, well, listen, but I think three-way will be really good. Listen, you might get your fucking wish, because this next week on Dynamite, Jeff Jarrett might take this title away from me. Oh, God. I swear to God, man. <laughs> with the way AWTV's been going, I wouldn't be shocked, and, and Tony Khan's obsession with Jeff Jarrett. But uh, Listen, I, I don't want Orange Cassidy to lose this title, but... I, just to see like the the internet meltdown, yeah. I would be here for Jeff Jarrett being Orange Cassidy. Yeah, just would, to see I everybody mean, yeah, lose their fucking minds. Oh, forget yeah. it. Oh my god, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. All right, uh, let's see what what do they follow this up with after the the trios match? So they followed it up with the women's title match, the triple threat match. Jamie Hader, Soraya, 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 and Ruby Soho. I thought this match was fine. Um... I saw some people crapping on this match. I thought the match was cool. It was what it was. It was entertaining, so I was entertained. Um, Jamie picks up the win. She retains the title. And then we get this spot where Ruby kind of, quote-unquote, makes a save for, uh, from Soraya and Tony's attack and saying, like, hey, this is our house, bitch. And then she just fucking turns on on, on uh, Britt and Jamie. I really enjoy this, and just basically from what we got on Dynamite, I feel like Ruby joining has done more for this trio than what they were doing before. 
I feel like now there's something there, and it seems like they're going with the Outcast uh, name, which I'm okay with. Like it is what it is. I think they could have came up with a better name, but for for now, I'm okay with the Outcast. It's it, it's uh it's fine with me. But I do like the fact that with even with that promo that Ruby cut, like there's substance now with this group. Like now there's like a mission and there's a reason why they're a thing. And listen, I love Ruby. I think there still could have been a lot more you could have done with her as a face. But just based on that promo she cut, can you blame her? Listen, I'm here for Ruby being a heel. Yeah, that promo on Dynamite was absolutely fantastic, man. I thought she really knocked it out of the park. And yeah, you're right. I mean, she's finally giving this group an identity. I mean, she explained more than the other two explained. Like, I I, I understood why, you know, Soraya and um, Tony Storm teamed up. And I understand, you know, they, they felt like, you know, they were the outsiders here in AEW. Um, but like we never really got a, a clear explanation. Like like yep. the, they didn't really give like you know a promo or anything like that. Ruby basically told the entire story for them, and it just makes a ton of sense. And uh, yeah, I mean, listen, this I, I I'll be honest, I wasn't shocked to see this coming. Uh, it's been rumored for weeks now, and as soon as you know Ruby's in there with them, you could just tell a turn was coming. So I'm glad it happened, and uh, yeah, I mean the match was what it was, and. Yeah, we'll see what it leads to. I mean, whether it's blood and guts or, or whatnot, you know, let's see who joins Britain and Jamie now. And, uh, yeah, we're off to the races. So I definitely agree. It's, it's While the group still is like, eh, like, come out with spray paint. It's, like, so freaking dumb. Um, it's but, very no, it, NWO-esque. It like, I'm just waiting yeah. for them to throw up a too sweet at this point. <laughs> that or, like, it's, it's like, beautiful people-esque, too. Oh, like from yeah, that's a good one. It's beautiful like, people. Forgot about that. I don't know, man. It's just like it's, it's stupid shit. Like spray paint. I mean, like <laughs> what? You know, like it's it's kind of lame. But it, it, well, that's the whole gimmick. It's lame. That's why we put the L. That's what they. You see what they that's what <laughs> yeah, they, right. There you go. <laughs> I just maybe if they would put their like logo or like something like the L. Like I just don't get it. Like what's the L stand for? You know, like loser. I mean, I guess like, well, I'm guessing loser. But you know, I mean, maybe like lame. Oh, what, or... in fifth grade loser. Oh, yeah. you're, you're, you know, like if, if, like what 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 are we doing? You know, they should be badasses. Not coming out with spray paint, spray painting L's on people. Like I mean, that's, that's just stupid. And they're even and even on social media, like they're even playing into like the whole outsiders like nwo thing because they, they put it like uh, i think it was like aw or it was aw that posted this uh aw posted a picture of them but the picture's in black and white so like come on yeah. like i know oh, what you're doing they're giving the finger to it yeah. that makes them badass like i mean i don't know that's just the whole thing they just need they just need some some more fire behind them you know Instead but of I, I do like but the, the the ruby edition i feel like is giving them something now so we're, yeah, yeah. we're on the right track helps. now definitely helps i do want to see just a plan ahead right maybe after Supercard, like depending what athena does there i would like to see athena join this group and then we start getting like the yeah, beginning, yeah. beginning stages of the potential possible blood and guts match um yep. now who you put on the other side you have brit you have jamie now who else is gonna be like team like originals will we see a returning thunder rosa will jade cargill get involved like who else is gonna be part of this group yeah, yeah, it should be interesting. I think, uh, yeah, like I said, full steam ahead now. We already got a solid three here. Mm -hmm. uh, looks like Willow would probably join Britt and, um, and Jamie. Yeah, she's, but, like, yeah. yeah she would join, yep. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But at least they're on the right track now. And yeah. Ruby, you know, fantastic job this week from her. Yeah. Um, this match. When I thought that the trios match was match tonight, then, then this match happened, and I was like, holy yeah. fuck. Okay, yeah. John Moxley, John Moxley, and Hangman Page gave us a f 
fucking banger of a match. And it's not like their previous matches were bad. They were all good. No, but, this was a war. But this one was just next level. Uh, Hangman, like, listen, I, I've seen Hangman go a little bit hardcore, but never to this degree. Like, this was borderline deathmatch. Like, all it needed was, like, light yeah. tubes and shit. And yeah. obviously, we know John Moxley. He lives for this shit. But, um... I thought this match was fantastic, bro, and the right person went over, and Hangman needed this win. I didn't necessarily like Hangman. I know for it was like a special occasion. I didn't necessarily like the theme that Hangman came out with, yeah. but um, clearly that was just for that night. But I did love the it's look. Fine, yeah. I love the leather jacket. I love the leather pants. And, you know, Moxie always looks like a badass no matter what. He always looks like he's just ready to get into a fight. Uh, <laughs> this match was just fucking awesome, bro. And at this point, this was my match of the night. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. What a freaking war between these two. Like you said, seen Hangman get some hard, you know, a little hardcore here and there, but not to this extent. And obviously, Mox brought brought this out of him. And uh, yeah, I mean, so many spots with the bricks and uh, just the fork, and uh, you know, just crazy, crazy shit, man. And then the ending I thought was brilliant. Did not expect John Moxley to tap out there. That's unbelievable. That's something you don't see. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's putting Hangman over in a huge, huge way. And I think he definitely needed this. It looks like he could potentially be the next challenger for MJF, which is cool. Um, but yeah, man, these, these two went out there and they kicked major ass. And, uh, it's so funny too, because I was calling for a last man standing match between these two. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what it was. Oh yeah. It was like, last man standing with Jace. Yep. They changed the Texas Deathmatch rules, mm -hmm. kind of, uh, you know. So I, I thought that was funny, but um, yeah, it was it was brilliant. It was a great way to end the feud. It doesn't even look like it's ending because we saw a brawl this past Wednesday on Dynamite, and now we still have them involved with the Dark Order and stuff like that. And we're getting a match this week. Um, but man, I mean, there's nothing more left to do here with Hangman and, and Mox. It should be over after this. It, it should be over. I did like um, when you were mentioning the spots. I did love the fact that Hangman hung moxley to win. yeah yeah i love that yeah, cool. and then just going to fast forward to dynamite we're seeing this i guess this somewhat the feud is continuing because now we're getting like this uh six-man tag on on wednesday i do like this direction for blackpool combat club that the fact that they have a little bit of an edge now and they're kind of being like pricks i do i do like this i think this is something that the blackpool combat club needed and then we'll get to this later whenever brian comes back maybe he has the same mentality where he's like, Joe, just fuck the world, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm here for it, man. I'm here. I don't know where it's going to go. But it'll definitely be cool to see them having have a little edge to them, for sure. The next match, we got uh, Warlow and Samoa Joe. You know, this match, uh, it was what it was. I would have, this match could have just been on a dynamite. Um, yeah. There's really not much to say about this match. Warlow went over. And then we got this uh, this impromptu because we were gonna get this match, but then we ended up getting like the street fight rules uh, between Warlow and um, my guy Powerhouse Hobbs. I enjoyed that match a lot, you know, even under the circumstances that Warlow went through. Uh, for those that that follow him on social media, you know, his car got broken into, someone took his title, it took his gear, and that's mm -hmm. pretty much the reason why we ended up getting the the, the street fight on on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. This match I really enjoyed. I enjoyed it a lot. Just two fucking pieces of meat just being the crap out of each other. Um, yeah. And then doing shit that guys their size shouldn't be doing, you know? That's yeah. like another thing, too, and like another element to the match. Um, I'm very happy with Hobbs going over. It's just 
how it happened with My problem, QT yeah. Marshall. It just feels so random. And listen, QT Marshall is a Jersey guy, all right? And you would automatically think, like, I am going to side with the Jersey guard, but, guy. But the thing with QT Marshall is, like, when I see him, I don't take him seriously at all. Right, right. Like, they, and, and, and no matter what you've done with him, right, whether it's, like, the, the, the Nightmare family when he was with Cody – or then he sprinted off, you know, he he ended up doing his own gimmick with the factory. He also had a tag team with Dustin Rhodes. Like, it's just, and they, I don't know what it is with QT Marshall, you know? And yeah. I don't even dislike the guy. It's just, yeah, yeah. it's just maybe because he has like a real punchable face. Maybe that's <laughs> what it is. And now, I don't know if you noticed, Ryan, but like, the man couldn't stop smiling, okay? Yeah, On Wednesday yeah. night. So it looks like he got some dental work done. If this is just going to be him being kind of like a a manager type gimmick for Hobbs, I'll, I'll wait and see what happens. Like, I, I'm not going to shit on it right away, but I do find it kind of weird how Hobbs won the title because of his help. Because I feel like Hobbs is such a, like, to me, he's like, he's a strong enough performer where he could have just done it by himself. Like, he didn't need to yeah. cheat the win. And then here's another thing, too, that I wanted to throw out there, and then I'll let you take it away. There's also a, a good portion of the audience that dis dislikes the fact that we got another TNT champion. Like the belt has been hot potato. Yeah, it's like a hot right? potato. Yeah. That a lot. I see a lot of people not feeling that. I'm have no problem with it, and this is why I don't have a problem with it because I grew up in the Attitude Era. Okay, and the Attitude Era, we saw multiple titles switch hands. From weeks to, you know, like on a monthly basis or they didn't even have to, like someone would win a title on the pay-per-view and then the very next night they would drop the title. So I think that we see more titles having long reigns now than we often see a title hot potato. Also, you got to understand the TNT Championship is the equivalent of a television title. So... I don't know, man. Like, I really don't see an issue with this title being, like, a hot potato. Like, I, I don't mind it. Like, obviously, it's got to be with moderate time, right? So, like, when Darby beat Samoa Joe, like, that came out of nowhere, right? But at the same time, okay, Darby was in his hometown. He had the championship. and he, You know, he won the championship there. But he also had, like, a decent amount of defenses before Samoa Joe got it back. Samoa Joe gets mm -hmm. it back. What, he had, like, I want to say maybe a little less than a month, maybe a month tops. He faces Warlow. Warlow takes a strap. And you know what? I think there's more there's more steam now on Hobbs to me than there is on Warlow. I think Warlow, I don't know what you do with him, but like I just feel like right now the momentum is more on Hobbs than it is on Warlow. So I, I really have no problem with, you know, this title being quote-unquote hot potatoed and now Hobbs is the new champion. I really have no issue with it. Yeah, I mean, with the hot potato thing, it's like, it keeps things interesting, you know? I mean, you just never know when the title's going to change. You never know who's going to win it. And it creates a, a type of realism, too, you know? Because, I mean, typically, I mean, you know, just look, look at something like the UFC. Like, on any given night, I mean, it's a real, that's a real legit sport, right? They're really beating the shit out of each other. Right. Yeah, there, there's long title reigns, but, like... The, the champ can, like, drop the title unexpectedly whenever because it's real. You just never know what's going to happen. Yep. I like that here in, in pro wrestling, too, where you just got to – you make the, the audience believe that, like, anything can happen on any night. Like, oh, this title could change hands. Every time you crown a new champion now in all these different companies, it's like the, the champ has to at least 
have a three to four, maybe five month reign with the belt. I mean, really, that, that's kind of what it's been, especially the world title. It's always the case, which is okay. It's fine for the world title, but even like some mid card titles, the champs hold all these belts for so long. And if, if you get the right champion, that's fine. But I just think it keeps things hot, keeps things fresh and interesting. So I don't really have a problem with hot potatoing either. It's not like they do this with every championship, right. you know? And like you said, it's a TV title. So it's like it could constantly shift around. I don't really mind it either. Um, I'm so glad Powerhouse Hobbs went over. I'm such a huge fan of his. And, and God, uh, when he was uh, – oh yeah, when, when we were at the um, the Fan Fest in Chicago last year for All Out, I'm not sure if you got to meet him. Yeah, I got to uh, meet him. He was doing one of those free meet and greets. God, that guy could not be any nicer. Oh, like, he's he a great guy. A genuine dude. Like, man, he, he even like – he even like walked away. And then um, we were waiting for like the next person to come. And like I guess I was standing like – not in his way, but like in the direction of where he had to come by. And he literally was like, he saw me, like, I guess he remembered, like he literally just met me and he like patted me on the shoulder to like, you know, kind of like move me over or whatever. But it was, it was kind of cool, like love tap, you <laughs> be, know? Like, be be like, honest, uh, right? He pushed you over. He was like, get out of yeah, here. He no, pushed me over, but in a good way. I was like, hey, buddy, like, you know, like he's a cool dude. He's, he's a really like, cool dude. He's really, a really, really cool dude. guy and uh, really happy he got he got crowned champ. And I just, like you said, I wish it was under different circumstances. I just, I'm not a QT Marshall guy. <laughs> you look at Powerhouse Hobbs and the guy is a freaking monster. Bro. He why, is. Is he, why does he need anybody to help him win matches? Especially QT Marshall. Right. It doesn't, it's, and then, you know, uh, I see the promo after Dynamite. He's like, oh, next week is the first episode of QTV. Like, what is this? Like, why is Powerhouse Hobbs involved in this, man? Like, come on. Uh, it's just, I don't really know how I feel about it. But like you said, let it play out. I'm not going to shit on it all, you know, entirely yet. got to wait to see what happens. But nonetheless, Hobbs is the new champ. I'm so happy for that. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Wardlow, man, I don't know. I don't know what you do with him. I don't know where you go. He was in a really tough spot. Even even last year, going over MJF, everybody thought, oh, man, this guy needs to go for the world title. But it's just wrong place at the wrong time. And we're seeing it here again, too. I just don't know what you do with Wardlow to keep him hot. And uh, here's, here's my hot take. Here's my hot take on Wardlow. We should not see him. We should not see Wardlow again until he has the man bun again. I think it's the hair. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the hair. Listen, yeah. and maybe because I'm a big hair. If you have it, like I'm going through like my situation right now where my hair is like growing out, and it's like yeah. in that weird middle stage where it's like I don't have like the full ponytail yet because my sides are growing, but like it's the hair, man. I'm telling you, it's the fucking hair. Warlow. So it happens to people sometimes. Some people can pull off both looks. Some people we get used to it, right? With mm-hmm. Warlow, I'm not used to the short hair yet. It's weird. Yeah, it's definitely weird. You know, he's um, listen, and it, it's not that he it looks bad on him. Listen, you know, I have no problem saying this. You know, Warlow's a handsome guy, but like, yeah. you need he needs the man bun, man. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Don't come back until your hair grows out again. <laughs> Imagine Tony Consol. Just just go home and, and when when you think it's a good enough length. <laughs> Oh, oh man. man! Listen, then maybe, man. I'll have, then maybe I'll have something to do for you. <laughs> now, keep him. Listen, for the record, we're not here like bashing Warlow. I'm a Warlow fan. I like Warlow. Yeah. I think he has a lot of potential. But yeah. I don't know, man. I just feel like, for whatever reason, maybe it was a movie role that we don't know about. I don't know, or maybe I hope it wasn't just for the storyline purposes. I hope that's the reason why he didn't cut his hair, or maybe it was something he decided to do. You know, yeah, maybe maybe. He was, maybe he likes the short hair. Who maybe knows? he likes the short hair. But let me tell you something, Warlow. Listen, you're a great guy and a great performer. But if, if it was your choice that you wanted to do this, you get one of these. Congratulations, you played yourself. Don't listen. You need. I need the I need the hair, bro. I need the hair. This is gonna be on the uh, 
Congratulations, you played yourself. List of 2023, Wardlow cutting his hair. Listen, if Wardlow does not have, like, improvement, if meaning, like, if his run does not get any better in 2023, this might have to make the list. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> this might have to make the list. All right, let's move on to the next match. We get this four-way for the, the tag team championships. You get the guns that are the champions versus the Acclaim, Lethal, and Jared, a.k.a. TNAEW, and then we get the best friends, but not Trent and fucking Chucky e. T. No, we get Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen. Um, this match was fine. It was fun. Like I don't think I'm listen. I'm not Crowd gonna, was into it, so I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm hey, not gonna sit what? here and say like the match was terrible because it was not a terrible match. I thought all eight men, you know, busted their ass. But it was just one of those matches where it's like, listen, man, the first AEW Revolution. Right, we got one of the best matches that year. I think it might have been my match of the year that year, and it was a year of the pandemic. And that was Kenny Omega, Hangman versus the Young Bucks. All right, live in Chicago, I was there. That match was phenomenal, and that's what the tag division was at that point. Yep. Fast forward a couple years later, this is the the shit that we get. Like, come and listen. This is not knocking the performers. It's not because. I, listen, I think the guns have all the potential. Listen, I'm not even I'm not one of these individuals that is upset with the guns being champions, all right? This is this has nothing to do with the guns being the champs. It just has everything to do with their challengers. Yes. Yes. You know? It, it's just it, it has nothing to do with the guns. I have no issues with them holding the tag titles one bit. Mm-hmm. It's all these other challengers. They couldn't find any they couldn't find better tag teams outside of the acclaimed, obviously. The, like why couldn't the actual best friends who are a right. legit tag team what was the reason why they weren't in the match? Right. You had Aussie open in both of your battle royals, and there was no, like, a big deal about it. They were just thrown in there like, hey, is Aussie open? Yeah. Like, no, yeah, like, no big deal. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I uh, I hit the shitter for this for this match just because I knew I was going to be in for, uh, you know, a one-hour match coming up. So I, like, needed to – and I had no interest in this anyway, so I was so glad it was the co-main. Um I came back and like Jeff Jarrett's hitting people with uh well he's like got the guitar out and I think Max Castor actually ends up hitting him with the guitar. Yep, I forget yep, yep. I forget what happened because I really didn't even care. Uh but the crowd was super into it. No, but listen, the match was entertaining. And, uh, I'm not gonna say you know, say the match was boring, but it was just like one of those matches like why why are we watching this? Yeah, why is this on the card? Why am I watching this at at, ten, at like eleven o'clock at night? Why is this not on rampage? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Where it belongs. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about obviously the guns. Oh, let me let me not forget the guns go over. Okay, yeah. Renee goes on the mic uh, to interview them. I'm like, okay, FTR's returning, and then FTR yeah. comes out, and somehow Dax gets busted open during the promo. Yeah, I, I can't figure out how. Dax gets busted open. I can't figure out how. Fast forward to Dynamite. I think it was Tony Schiavone brings them out. Fucking uh, Cash Wheeler kisses Tony on the forehead. Everybody <laughs> loves Tony, and they cut a very good. Uh, a very great promo um is great seeing ftr back clearly they are still over as fuck yeah and i know there were some mixed reports out there uh pw insider did say that the belief is that they have signed new deals but it's under the hush hush dax on his podcast continues saying like nothing has changed i'm under the impression and if i was a betting man i betty man i think they signed new deals and they're staying with aew one thousand percent of course, because listen, they they're not losing to the guns, all right. And they the reason now we know why they put the belts on the guns for a little bit, you know, just to get the belts right. onto FTR. So 
You're not giving the FTR the belts if they didn't resign. I mean, where else are they going to possibly go? I don't care if Triple H is running the show now. Them, they're not going back to WWE. Nothing has changed with the tag division in WWE, and nothing nope. will change for the time being. So where else are they possibly going to go? I never bought them sitting out the rest of their contracts to figure out what they're going to do. Bro, it's right in front of your eyes. What do you mean, what are you going to do? Do AEW, do Ring of Honor. I mean, that's the only option right now, unless you want to go freaking do Impact. If you want to do some indies, fine. You, you know, I mean, maybe Tony will let them do it. I, I, I mean, I know, technically, but... I mean, there is some type of relationship between Impact and AEW, so if they wanted to have a cup of coffee in Impact, they could do Sure, they could if they want to. I mean, you know, I know they want the match with the Motor City Machine Guns. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, you know, to me it was a no-brainer, so I agree 100%. I don't care what Dax says. I think they definitely signed new contracts, or they're in agreement to. If they haven't been signed yet, they yeah. they have agreed to at least, you know, do it. You're not putting the belts on them for them to just dip. It makes no sense. Yeah, 1,000%. All right, let's talk about this main event, bro. Whoo, man, this main event. Match of the night for me. Added this list to the matches. Also, I added the uh, Heyman and Moxley match as well to my list of matches. MJF and Brian Danielson. I'm going to go on record and say that might have been the best Iron Man match I have ever watched. Uh, The match was fucking fantastic. The entrances, Brian coming out, amazing ovation. And then just seeing the little um, gimmick um, entrance that MJF got with like the, the chorus, the orchestra type thing. He came out with the mask. And I also love the fact that, you know, MJF is such a student in the game, so he loves to, like, throw, like, little Easter eggs out there. Even, like, he came out the mask when he made his return at All Out. And then also, fast forward to the 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 press conference, like, you know, the media scrum at the end. This guy's eating pickles, and he has a bloody <laughs> face. He has, like, a towel. So it's like, oh, is this guy, like, winking in the knots at CM Punk? So, like, I just love how he studies wrestling like he is a young dude like we sometimes i think we forget how young he is right i think he's like 26 27 i'm not mistaken but he's a student of the fucking game like he's an historian he goes back and watches tape and i love that i lost cm punk cm punk was the way same way when he was when he was like coming up uh but specifically this match it was just a beautifully told story in the ring um and a roller coaster MJF hung with one of the best wrestlers in the world. And when MJF goes on record and on promo talking about, like, I'm the most complete wrestler, you know, it's kind of hard hard to argue that. I know there's still some people, a very small portion of the audience that still does not like MJF and thinks he's overrated and he think, that thinks that he's not a big in the deal. But, like, now I think the question should be is what can't MJF do? Because right now what I'm seeing is MJF could do it all. I think this win... Helped the the people that were kind of saying like, oh, you know what, MJF's world title reign is getting a little bit stale. I wanted to see something different. His this win has added so much life to his title reign now. I mean, that title reign just started. How right, but you know how it? you know how fickle fans are. I know it's just ridiculous. Like, I also want to just throw this out there. Listen, people get pissed off when when I say this. Why is everybody making a big deal that this guy threw a drink at this kid? Okay, let listen. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. I, I gotta get this off my. Chest. I know how you feel about it. No, no, I, no. I'm, I'm gonna get this up. off. Yeah. I'm gonna get this off my fucking chest, Ryan. All right. Cause, in the long run, right, when this kid gets older, he's gonna realize how dope this was that I got yeah. thrown a drink by MJF. At whenever he's like in his twenties or like his late teens, he's like, "Damn, MJF, one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, right?" Like, I got a drink thrown at him, right? And apparently, it wasn't water; it was tequila. 
I don't know. And I know some people took issue with it because it's like, and listen, this is coming from, listen, I'm a Latino, right? So, like, I want people to not get this and take it left. I know all, some people also felt a certain type of way because it was like, oh, he threw it at a black kid, right? Which Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not how I saw it, but I could no. also understand why some people felt a certain way. Obviously, yeah. they took care of this kid. Um, Shout-outs to Lo from Wrestling Wine Dial. She was at the event. They, um, She told me that the second that happened, I think it was like Amanda Huber and company grabbed like the kid and the parent. They took him to the front row. So he, they ended up watching like the rest of the, the show in the front row, which is cool, yeah, right? You got to meet like wrestlers backstage. Yeah, so like, listen. This kid basically, you know. Listen, this fucking little fucker got taken care of. So like everybody that's making a big deal about like, oh, poor kid. Right. He got taken care of, all right? Like, like, let's... It's, not like it's not like MJF need him in the face or punched him in the mouth. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah. and also uh, too, like you see, he barely threw it on him. Like, I'm not, I'm not condoning that because maybe MJF, you know, I, I'm shocked at some of the things he does get away with when it comes to fans. Uh, so like, was this a little too far? Maybe. No. Um, no, Tony Khan in the at the press conference. Tony Khan, whether he was playing it up or not, I don't think he was. He did not look happy about <laughs> it. Jeff goes like, I'm just like, he goes like, listen, the, the little brat was fucking dehydrated. I was just trying to help him out. <laughs> he looked thirsty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, you know what? Here's another hot take for me when it comes to this whole kid situation, right? Fuck the mom, cause the mom is over there drinking tequila. While yeah, right, having right, a little rug rat. Like, how yeah. come the mom isn't getting any heat? Okay? Right, right, right. All right. Now, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing was blown up. Wait, I mean, people were talking about that more than the match itself. And I'm just like, this is ridiculous, you know? Like, we just had a freaking unbelievable match. You talk about this kid getting the drink thrown on. I'm like, this isn't, like, this is not, like, the first time MJF has done something like right. this. Like, this is just, like, why is anybody even surprised, you know? But, yeah, the kid got taken care of. It's not like he got seriously hurt. It's not he like got he got hurt. Wet. Exactly. He got a little wet. Okay. Right. Like, I mean, give me a freaking break. I'm not con- I'm not saying he- MJF is, is totally, in, in like, innocent here. Because, okay, sometimes he does cross the line. But, like, I mean, come on. This is not, like, something we need to blow out of proportion like this. I'm with MJF here. I think the little rug rat probably was, like, thirsty or something. <laughs> and maybe he saw the kid was a little bit dehydrated. Here's a little drink, drink ski, you know? I'm with I'm with MJF. Fuck them kids. Anyways, <laughs> back to this match. I love the ending. I love how it went to a tie. It was a draw. And then they went to sudden death. And then... Just like the little nuggets that you get, like MJF being over dramatic during, like, before they went, the, the bell rang for sudden death, where he has like a gas mask getting oxygen and shit. <laughs> and just because of, and the, that tank played a factor in the ending. Yeah. I just loved it. And then fast forward to Wednesday night with this amazing promo that Brian cut, man. Yo, for a second there, like, Brian is so good at what he does, whether it's a heel, a, a baby face, etc. Where he makes you feel very sympathetic for the character. Like, that's how good Brian is as a a storyteller. So he's pretty much said that he's going to take his ball and go home. Now, what is home, right? Everybody's saying that he went home to to be with his family. Or maybe he went home to Ring of Honor. We don't know. Home can be many things. So I I just love... I love this match. I love pretty much the, the climax of this story. And Brian, Brian is so amazing at what he does. He he really helped add more stock to MJF with this match. Yeah, man. Um, 
I'm not going to sit here and tell you I was one of those people that was like, oh, MJF can't go with Brian Danielson. Like, bro, I had no doubts, man, that MJF was going to be able to go with this guy. And um, if you listen to the press conference, he went over the things he had to do to prep for this. You know, he was yep. working out every morning like an animal. He's sitting in the sauna for like an hour. Um, the things he was eating, the things he was doing. And uh, I mean, man, he took this really serious. Obviously, like you said, he's a student of the game. Why wouldn't he? He knows he's in there with one of the best wrestlers in the world. I mean, come on. Um, this was unbelievable. This was a complete roller coaster for an hour and like 65 minutes, I believe, 67 minutes or something like that. The crowd was so into it, even going into the sudden death overtime. Yep. I mean, the, I'm, the, you know how hard that is to do to keep a crowd invested in something for that long, you know? And even me watching at home, I was into it from the beginning to the end, man. And my interest never wavered. I mean, there was so many good spots in this match. Obviously, the blood, you know, you knew you were going to get blood here. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I just love, too, like, that spot where MJF uh, hits a low blow on on Brian, right? It's that gives Brian the, the two nothing lead, I believe. And then all he of a sudden, he two covers in a row yep. and he gets both covers like we never see that bro like it's i love smart. that so so unique and um so different uh because i, I said to myself i was like AEW will probably do the iron man match the right way where it's not gonna be like what wwe does it's not gonna be like a five to three score you know like because they gotta make it seem realistic you're not gonna get five pinfalls in in an hour long match i mean it's just like that that's ridiculous you know at one point i really thought before we got like the first pin at one point, I thought, I'm like, have we ever seen an, like, what if they just don't pin each other? Like, they can't get a pin, and that leads yeah, to something yeah, that, that cool Like, too. I thought that would have been cool, too. Another spot that I really loved was, can we talk about that Shawn Michaels-esque elbow that MJF yeah. hit on fucking yeah. Brian? Oh, yeah. so good, bro. So good. So good, yeah, man. MJF is, I mean, hey, he's really, really underrated, I feel like. People just think he could talk. He could do way more than that, and I hope after this, like he said himself, that a lot of people just uh, put that to rest because, I mean, come on. He is one of the most complete pro wrestlers in the business right now. I don't think there's any denying that. So, uh, yeah, I love the ending as well with the oxygen tank. Similar to Mox tapping out, man. I just did not see Brian tapping out here, and I thought that was awesome, man. What a way to put over MJF. Even despite, you know, like hitting him with the tank. It's like, you know, that is what it is. But leading to the putting him in his own yes lock and just making him tap, I thought that was excellent. And, uh, yeah, man. Brian, who knows what's going to happen with him. He may go away for a little bit. I don't know if uh, AEW can really afford to lose him for that long. I don't think he wants to be away for that long. But, yeah, maybe he shows up and does something in Ring of Honor for the time being. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this this was fantastic on every single level. I think, like you said before, one of the best Iron Man matches I've ever seen. Uh, probably the best. And I think it's one of the best AEW matches I think I've ever seen, too, from start to finish. Yeah, it's up there for me. I think it's probably maybe top three. Maybe top three, top four. Definitely in the top five when it comes to yeah. AEW matches I've seen. You know, if I have to go back and just mention a couple AEW matches, I would mention that tag match that I was just saying at Revolution. Uh, I thought the Lights Out match between Kenny Omega and Moxley at the first full gear. Omega and Brian, the 30-minute Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, club, there's a couple other I mean, ones. Yeah, it's Young Bucks, Lucha Bros, Steel oh, Cage. Yeah, you Steel know, there's like, I mean, there's a long list. So it's but, hard to say that's the best one. But, I mean, but that's from, up there. It's definitely on the list. The, you know, like, we'll yeah. make a list. Like, absolutely, 1,000%. Yeah. And you know what, what list is going to make? is probably more than likely going to make our list at the end of the year. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a couple more things on, on AEW, and then we'll move on to some uh, uh, other things. MJF is going to have this segment next weekend in, in Canada, the, the, the Reboot. 
Bart Misma, Bisma, the, 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 the yeah. yeah, he's gonna have one of these gimmicks or whatever. Did you see the fucking shot that they grabbed when he was an actual kid with with like two women? I just saw that last night. Yeah, so yeah. fucking good. What do you? This gotta lead to his next challenger, right? Like it's gotta be crashed I, by someone, right? I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, that's usually usually this type of segment really sets that who, up. Who, um, it's not gonna be Hangman because he's got to think with. With Moxley yeah. and the Blackpool Combat yeah. Club, who do you think is going to well, be? So ha- Hangman will probably be at Double or Nothing if I had to, if I had to, um, if I had to pick. Mm-hmm. Um, so like obviously we're ways away from that. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, Jungle Boy. Yes, you could do that. Um, Two pillars. Yeah, Jungle Boy wouldn't win the match, but I guess you could do that. Um, yeah, I don't really see anybody else in the in the spot coming off a big win. Other than Ricky and and Jungle Boy and Pangman, that would really challenge MJF. So, I don't know. I don't know what they got up their sleeve. Maybe it's somebody we're not even expecting at all. Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see. You know, this segment's just gonna be good. Just just be you know, as soon as they announce the rebar mitzvah, I don't even I'm not even really too familiar with that even is to begin with. I can't even uh, fucking say it. I can't even I can't even say the word bar mitzvah. I can't yeah. say that. Can't yeah. say, you so, know, I just know um, it's yeah. I just know it's like you know the. The, it's the, a Jewish thing. Yeah, it's a Jewish yeah, I know, thing. Like, I know what a bar mitzvah is, yeah. but I guess a, a rebar mitzvah, I don't really know what that means. The, the, but, um, that's when pretty much in, in – and listen, don't mind uh, – you know, excuse my ignorance, right? But like I don't know much about Jewish culture. But like yeah. the whole that whole gimmick is like when a boy becomes a man. That's pretty much what it is, right? Um, yeah, pretty sure. Okay. That's, it's like the – yeah, that's that's the, the, the concept of it, okay. I, I would, I would okay. think. I don't, I don't want to speak on it – fully right. because i don't you don't know either mm-hmm. um but yeah something something along the lines of that and that, that's why that picture makes a ton of sense too um so yeah it's uh it's gonna be interesting for it's sure but yeah i think we definitely get his next challenger who that is i really can't tell you off the bat uh i don't know it should be interesting it, it could be jungle boy it could it could definitely be him it should be interesting so also next week on dynamite we have a um an open challenge that Jade Cargo put out there for the TBS championship. Listen, sometimes I forget that this woman is a champion because I never see her on TV anymore. And I it's like, what the fuck? Anymore. Like, I just... This, that's going back to what we were talking about in the last episode. Like, just when it comes to AEW booking. Like, you put out, like, the perfect story to tell with Jade. Where it's like, every challenger gets closer to defeating her, but they end up losing. That's the story you tell with Jade being champion. Yeah. The more challenge, and, and listen, it's not going to be every challenger, right? But it's like, why is it Athena only barely gets five minutes with with Jade at all out, and that's a credible opponent? Yet Diamante, no disrespect to her, but we never see her on TV gets more than five minutes, like on a on a dynamite with Jade. So it's like, what the fuck? Yeah, I, dude. I mean, they brought a new women's championship, um, you know, into the picture to get. To give more women a chance, something something to fight for, right? Something but we never see fight. Jade or the title. Yeah, right. So like defeats the whole purpose, and she's hogging up this this title for over a year now, um, with no ending in sight. I mean, there's there's legit nobody right now that I see taking this belt. So now she has another open challenge, right? She challenges uh, a Canadian-born wrestler. Okay, mm-hmm. so who's that going to be? Oh, at the on when the segment was announced on Wednesday. I had zero idea. Zero freaking clue. Okay, I had no idea. But then, you know, we start to see Taya Valkyrie's time and impact is done. She's Canadian. Most likely going to be her, which is fine. She's cool. If she's coming into AEW, they're going to sign her. That's cool. They have, no the same, they have the same finisher, too. Yeah, you're right. The Glam Slam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I know it's not called that, but yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. 
my problem is it's another open challenge. It's another loser that's going to come in. Which which it will be it will be fine in theory. Yeah, but like, is this gonna again? Are we gonna see like what I said? Are we gonna see Ty Valkyrie potentially pull off this upset, or is it just gonna be another squash? Well, it should be. Well, listen, if it is Taya, it which I'm hoping it is. If it is Taya, I want to see like not a five minute squash. Like I want to see them go at it. Like I want to see Taya push Jay to the limit. Yeah, me too. Like, where it gets to the point where you're, like, thinking, like, yo, Ty's going to do this in Canada, and then, boom, Jay pulls the upset. Like, that's what right. I want to see. Right. How about two? I don't think this would really make her... This wouldn't make her look weak. Maybe, maybe that's their theory. Why doesn't Jade win on, like, a roll-up or something? Barely, barely escape. Barely survive. And then retain the title. Or use the ropes. Or use the ropes. Right, cheat, do something like that. Give me something more than just her, her normal finisher. I mean, yeah, that makes her look dominant, but if she wins matches, the, like, you know, by cheating with the ropes and, and roll-ups and things like that, it just makes it seem like she is just getting by now and it's it's somebody's getting closer and closer to dethroning her. Tell a story here. There's no story. Every week it's just an open challenge because nobody on the current roster, and that's also another one of my problems here, is that you get another open challenge because there's nobody on the current roster that is going to beat her, and that's a problem. If you have nobody to build up on the current roster to beat her and it's got to be an outsider coming week after week after week to challenge her, that's a problem. I agree. So I, I don't know who else. I know, shout out to Brian of the Royal Ramble. He's been saying for a while now he would love to see Chris Statlander dethrone Jade, but who knows when the hell she's coming back. And, uh, I mean, like, she's also not just going to walk through the door and dethrone Jade. I mean, how stupid would that be, too? That that basically seems like you wasted our time with this 60-0 run of Jade Cargill to have somebody come back from injury and just beat her out of nowhere, you know? She'd have to come back, and they'd have to build her up a little bit. So they, like, And they also got to build up Jade. Like, listen, Jade... Is a fucking star, right? You look at her, she knows. You know she she's a star. But we need to see her more on TV. We need to see her more on TV. In the last month, we barely see this girl. Yeah, I forget there's another women's title, bro. I forget and, that and, she's and, even and she's even on the roster still. And then you got freaking, you got freaking Soraya, man, on Twitter, quote tweeting the AEW tweet of of the women or something like that, and she's like, "Oh, this would be a great time for women's tag titles. Get the." Fuck out of here with that shit man women's tag that yeah okay they have a lot of women so could they make it work in theory i guess yeah we don't need more sets of yeah, women's we don't even you see don't even the do secondary anything with, women's... with the two you have yeah we don't even see the secondary women's championship right i'm so sick and tired of this oh we just need the tag titles because the women need more stuff no 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 you have two titles what more do you need and it's still not working out so uh, yeah, listen i'm know. not here i'm not against a, a women's set of tag titles but we need to see the tbs title being showcased more before that should even be part of the conversation that should right. be more of a priority let's get let's see the champion let's see this title more on tv yeah i agree i agree it's 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 i don't know not interesting at all it's, it's all terrible. right uh one last aw adjacent news adjace ring of honor Okay, we got this big Super Card of Honor show happening Mania weekend, and then Mark Briscoe this past week uh, came out saying we're going to have a Reach for the Sky ladder match to crown new Ring of Honor uh, champion, tag team champions. I think it's cool, man. The first team that's been announced is Lucha Brothers. If I had to speculate, if they wanted to go with like four teams, and this is just me speculating without me knowing nothing, Lucha Brothers, I would think like the Kingdom would be in the possibility of, of being part of, of this uh, match. The other two teams, I'm not sure. Or maybe it's just going to be three teams. I don't know. But I would I would imagine the kingdom has to be part of this. Yeah, yeah, I would assume so, right? I mean, they're, they're more Ring of Honor than anybody. And, uh, you know, 
maybe you throw an Aussie Open in there too. I saw them getting some uh, spotlight in ROH. Oh, hey, and listen, I don't really know who who's else, to say? But, uh, who's to say? Because they're going to be challenged for the Impact titles uh, that same week, uh, Mania weekend at the New Japan Impact show. Yo, who's to say? Aussie Open, Impact champs, Ring of Honor champs. Who's to say? Why the hell not, man? Hey, yeah, New Japan fucked us over against yeah. fucking um for the for the fucking tag lean. We're just gonna capture titles in other companies. Yeah, man, it's a good way to get them over. Yeah, I'm 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 here for it. Uh, yeah, listen, I love this. Uh, I think it's awesome. It's a great tribute to Jay, mm-hmm. and uh, I think every ladder match should be called the Reach of the Sky ladder match. I think I uh, thought of that I think too. They should trademark that, you know, because that's a great way to honor him and. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's beautiful. It's really it's really awesome. I, I, you know, there's one thing too that you know Mark announced this. So, and I assume not, but like you know, I was wondering if Mark was going to be involved with with in this with another partner. They probably wouldn't do that though, right? It's probably too soon nah, for that. Um, I don't want to. So let me put it this way: just based on like, because listen, these Ring of Honor tapes. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of story being told in these Ring of Honor tapes. Yeah, from no, what I've been I mean, reading. Hey, listen, I know. Yeah. I so know without what I say about Ring of Honor, but yeah, I know you're like the man that killed well. it, and now you're thinking I'm, about going to SuperCard of Honor. <laughs> yeah, well, that's yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, I'm thinking about going, man. It's I don't what really a turn of events. Some of the matches. What a turn of uh, events! Yeah, I can't wait I know, till right, that first crazy, episode man. when we're back from Mania, back from Mania, just hearing all your stories and be like, now Ryan, tell me about Ring of Honor. <laughs> hey, listen, Tony's been. It seems like it's going pretty well so far. I mean, listen, I don't have the Honor Club, and I'm not sitting there. I mean, I think it's like a two-hour show every week. I thought it was only one hour. But it's been like two hours, apparently, uh, just a bunch of random matches. But Athena and Willow put on a great match this past uh, week, I heard. And I saw some of the highlights. I mean, Jesus Christ, that should have been the match at the Supercard show. Um, you know, Samoa Joe d- defended the uh, the TV title. I guess Tony Deppin. Deppin, yeah, that's 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 cool. So, you know, it seems like it's going pretty well so far. So, I mean, yeah. Look at that. Look at Ryan. Look at Ryan. Listen, listen you know. <laughs> Seems to be going better than, you know, what Impact's doing. See? (laughs) See? All right, back to my original point. Back to my original point. Uh, So, Mark Briscoe is going to be involved in Supercard of Honor. I just don't think it's going to be for the tag titles. I'll leave it there. Just based on some of the information that I'm gathering. Okay. uh, Maybe I I didn't read from the From the Ring of Honor tapings. But, yo, shout-outs to Ring of Honor, man. And shout-outs to Impact, too, because we got new tag champions in Chris Bay and Ace Austin. So, shout-outs to them. Um... I will, I'll, I'll, I'll sit here. I'll, <laughs> I will sit here and defend Impact. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, Nobody's got it, right? I gotta do it. I gotta defend Impact. Listen, I was defending Ring of Honor when they're on their like last like life support, and you know I'm gonna defend Impact here. Okay, and uh, I guess somewhat Impact related, not really, but you know they're all in the same world, the Forbidden Door, our realm. My guy, David Finley, baby, it's a new era. It's the Rebel Era. Too sweet, throw it up. He's officially part of the Bullet Club. He's got a new look. He has a, a, a new theme song. Uh, Gato came out with him. And listen, when Gato comes out with you, you know it's all in, baby. It's all in from here. I do like this new presentation of David Finley. I think this is something that David Finley needed. A, a different bit of, of a new character adjustment. A new look. Um, he's in the New Japan Cup, and I also like the story that they're telling, if you've been following the New Japan Cup, where, uh, ELP doesn't really trust David Finley yet. Like, they're throwing, they're, they're kind of like in this strange bedfellows type of scenario where 
they're having these tag matches also in between like when it's like their time to go in the tournament and ELP and David Finley ain't really getting along. So uh, I do like the story that they're telling. But how do you feel about this new presentation of David Finley and him officially being part of the Bullet Club? <laughs> Listen, <clears throat> David huh. Finley is David Finley as a wrestler. He's fine. I always thought he was very talented. If you remember, um, God, I'm going back to the. I think it's the New Japan Cup of 2021. Where he had a great showing against Will Ospreay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he had yeah, a great yeah. showing all around, but yeah. uh, his match with Will Ospreay. Yeah, I remember. Was like, yep. He made it like the semis. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, I I am a fan of David Finley. I think he's, he really, he deserved a lot more over the years in New Japan. And we just never really got that push. But now, you know, because he was always in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, you get Ospreay in the mix. It was 2021, by the way. I remember. It was, yeah. Because that was around the time where. When Ospreay won the belt, I think. He uh, won it right after. Yeah, he won yeah, the yeah. Cup. it was around that time. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Um. So yeah, David Finley just needed Jay White to get the hell out <laughs> for him to jump off the card. Um, and here we go. My only problem is he looks exactly like Jay White. He looks ex- identical to the Switchblade. Like he took the entire gimmick. It's basically like a dollar store version of the Switchblade. How dare like, if, you? How you didn't dare know, you? If you like, if you watched New Japan a while ago and you saw Jay White and then you, you tuned out for a few you years, thought you, that was, you, you, you might tell think that's Jay White. White. <laughs> you probably think that's him. Uh, it's just uh, you know the beard, the hair, the vet, I mean everything. It's it's to a T. He didn't do anything original. He didn't do anything to make himself stand out, look different. Okay, like, all right. He's right. with Gato too. It's basically Switchblade 2.0. That's my issue with this. Okay, wait, hold on. And also, David Finley uh, leading the Bullet Club. Uh, I mean, with all the leaders that they've had over the years, I mean, I hope he can make me eat these words. But over the years, they've had so many. I'm, I think he's gonna make you believe. Leaders, I think he's gonna make you believe. He's just not on that. Listen, that let me. Uh, I'm not gonna throw a flag on some of the things you said because you. All right. Because you, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that because for yeah, comedic. No, 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 no. Because for comedic bad, purposes, it's hilarious. All right. Because like to, I understand how some people could view this, right? Because there is a lot of similar similarities, right? Especially there's this one picture, and I'm sure you've seen it, all right? There's this one picture where he's throwing a too sweet at Gato, and they're too sweeting each other, but you only catch, like, the backside of David Finley. If you go like this, right, you think it's Jay White. So, like, I, 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 I'm not going to throw a flag on that. You, you're right. At the same time... The look is similar to Jay White, but there, there's some th- not same. Like, you know, he carries a shillelagh, uh, different color hair. It is dark. I get it. The beard. Like, I, I get there's some similarities there, but there's also some differences. So I do want to say that. But listen, the promo, the promo he cut after he beat uh, Ishii. Listen, I like the promo. I love the new attitude. I think there's something there. Now, it, will it take some time? Yeah. But listen, let's also look at Jay White when he first started, right? Before he even joined Bullet Club, before he even be- became a member of Chaos, his first feud was with Tanahashi, right? And as much as I love Jay White, I'm a big Jay White guy, right? I wasn't sold on Jay White, N- and not because he was a bad performer, but that Wrestle Kingdom, that's the same Wrestle Kingdom, I believe that was Wrestle Kingdom, what was that, 13, 14, the one where Jericho and Omega fought? Yeah. Okada and Naito. Yeah, the one I was there for. Okada. Na- <laughs> you don't know the number. Right, listen, man. There's too many numbers here. You got your WrestleMania. I know. Yeah. See, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, like I could tell you at WrestleMania 31 main event. Well, I could tell you what what 
what WrestleMania that was. With the Wrestle Kingdoms, the numbers are all like. I think it was WrestleMania. I, think I remember I, the years I, more. I, I think it was. It was 2018. I want to say it was Wrestle Kingdom 14 or maybe 13. Okay. One or the other. Anyways, yeah. my point is, the three the three matches that everyone was talking about, though, the pretty much like the, the main event, if you will, right? The top, you know, matches were Naito and Okada for the main event. You got Alpha versus Omega, Jericho versus Kenny Omega, and then you had Jay White versus Tanahashi. Listen, yeah. as much as I love Jay White, that match was not good, okay? Yeah. And that match was not good, not because of Tanahashi. It was because of Jay White. Jay yeah. White got pushed into this role that maybe he wasn't necessarily ready for. Not saying that he wasn't a great performer, but just the match did not, it just didn't do it. Yeah. Fast forward to a couple months later. He joins Chaos. Well, actually, no. He joins Chaos later that week. And then um, he has the match with Omega. He takes the United States title away from him. And then you start seeing, like, the progression with him. I think David Finley could get there. And David Finley's not a bad performer. I don't even think he's bad on the mic. But just to feel this whole Bullet Club vibe and finally us accepting him as this part of this Bullet Club role... I think he'll get there, and I'm here for the Rebel era. I'm here for it, 1,000%. Yeah, I hope he gets there. Like I said, I have nothing against him as the performer. I think he's cool, too. Um, you know, like I said, I've always been a fan of his. Um, I just never really viewed him as the guy. So if they can make me believe in him as the guy, then sure, that's great. I mean, listen, New Japan, they, they do these type of things, man. They, they give things a try. They throw things at the wall, and it, let's see if it sticks. So, mm-hmm. I mean, who else was going to be joining the Bullet Club and, and being the next leader. We we talked about how the group should potentially just die. I mean, I talked about that, not you. No, uh, never. Right into the Bullet sunset. Club all day, baby. Put me but, as the um, leader. I'll do it. <laughs> suppose they thought David Finley's the man. So, listen, I hope he is. I, you know, I'm not here to be against the guy. No, I no, think, I know, I know. I just I think know. the look, uh, I, I just feel like he should have done something to separate himself from the pack a little bit. Yeah, but that's just me. We'll see where it goes. All right, we'll see. I'm, I got high hopes for Dave Finley. We'll see what, how it goes. Rebel era, baby. I fucking called it. The Rebel, Rebel era. era. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about some WWE stuff, man. Uh, for the most part, I listen, what we've been getting on WWE TV has been great, man. And I want to specifically start with the John Cena-Austin Theory segment. Yeah. Jesus Christ. In the words of Stone Cold... Was he working or was he shooting? Because let me tell you, this segment was fantastic. And yeah. Cena was not lying with anything he said. He called everything to the T. My biggest issue with Austin Theory is he's never given... And it's not him. It's the, the, the people booking him, booking him and just the story that they're telling with him. They have never given the audience a reason to give a shit about him. And yes, he gets booed. But is he getting booed because he's a great heel or because he's getting booed because nobody wants to see him? And I'm here to say that I think it's a mixture of both. I think he does play. Listen, there has been some improvement with the story that they're telling with Austin Theory, right? This uh, new version of him, the the now Austin Theory or whatever they're calling him. um, There has been some improvement with Austin Theory. But I'm still not sold on him. I'm not sold on the character. Yeah, he's great in the ring. But they haven't given an audience the reason to give a shit about him. And everything John Cena said on his promo is 1,000% correct. All right? Yep. He's he's just, nah, he's whatever. And this match with him at Mania, win or lose, is either going to make or break Austin Theory. Because yep. we've seen it in the past before with a lot of guys that have the genetic look 
where it's like, oh my God, you know, just muscle after muscle has the fucking superstar Hollywood looks where it's like you see them one day and then they just don't hit and you don't see them anymore. We've seen this before. Yeah. So this is either going to make or break Austin Theory. I hope it does make Austin Theory because I do believe he has all the potential in the world to be a superstar, but he's not there yet. I'm sorry. Whether he he has the United States title or not, whether he's good in the ring, whether he could cut a promo, he's just not there yet. But I'm here for the shenanigans, and I'm here for John, uh, John Cena just destroying Austin Theory on the mic. I fucking loved it, 1,000%. Yeah, it was, uh, it was unbelievable, man. If, uh, if you forgot how much of a goat John Cena is, he reminded you in no time here. I mean, just unbelievable on the mic. Has not lost a step. Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. This is literally going to be a huge test for Austin Theory. And if anybody could put him over and make him a star... It's John Cena, okay? And I think that they know that. They want... WWE clearly wants Austin Theory to be pushed as a, the next top star, whether it's Vince or Triple H. I think... And I know what a lot of people said in the beginning. Oh, Triple H doesn't see his, him as the guy because of the money in the bank stuff. I think he wanted to strip all that off of him and just, just push him the way Triple H wanted to push him. So in order to do that, he had to make him look the way he did. Um, so I think Triple H is high on Austin Theory as well. So, yeah, in order for him to be the guy... This is going to be a huge test. I think he, I think he could definitely hang in there with John Cena. I don't think that's the question. Um, I just think, you know, is he going to come off looking like a star after this? Um, you know, which I assume he's going to go over John Cena. You got to think, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's not going to lose. Um, even if he does, if he looks like a, a star in, in that performance, I think he'll be okay. But he's got to go over. I think if he's the next guy. Um, but yeah, man, I enjoyed the segment so much. It was awesome. Uh, really excited for the match, man. It's to see John Cena in a big time match again, and let alone a WrestleMania yep. match. It's been a while, man. It's it's been a long, long time. So I'm here for it. I'm excited for it. And uh, this was all they needed to build this match, man. This is how you build a Mania match. This, all they needed was this. If we don't see John Cena now until WrestleMania, I'm still sold on this match because oh. of this one segment. Yeah. That me too. The way that he fucking buried Austin Theory, I'm totally fine with it. Um, and then also, let's be just the way John Cena operates. There's a method to his madness, right? There's a show on A and E called Rivals, and I watched the Rock and John Cena episode, which is fantastic. Okay, people should go back and watch it. And he was talking about he very candidly. John Cena said that I wish I could have done things differently with the build with the rock and cena one because he said like there was some legit heat there and animosity between both guys but the reason why john cena you know went this direction on like going kind of hit him like under the jugular and like shooting on him was because he wanted the best rock and that ultimately proved john cena wrong and was like no the rock really does care about this business and now fast forward all these years later now that john cena's in hollywood he gets it he fucking yeah. gets it. And, and John Cena openly says, like, I wish I, you know, looking back at it, am I happy how everything turned out? Absolutely, right? Because now we have this relationship. At the same time, just getting to that point where there was so much animosity, it's like, I wish I could have just let him in. Like, listen, I'm going to go low here, but it's ultimately for a better good. But um, mm-hmm. I'm obviously, if he's going to hit Austin Theory this hard, right, is because he sees the potential in Austin Theory, right? He right, sees right. that he could be a future asset for the company and could be a future face of the company, if you will. Now, whether Austin Theory could come to the other side or not, now that's the question. Because we've seen millions of Austin Theories in the world in the past where they don't deliver. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. People people think that John Cena was burying Austin Theory just because, you know, like, yeah, exactly. Like, he just doesn't see anything in He clearly is burying him because he's going to put him over in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Whether Austin Theory is the next John Cena remains to be seen. I know that a lot of people throw that out there and speculate that. But, yeah, I mean, obviously Cena sees something in theory. I mean, for just for, just for him to agree to come back to do a match at WrestleMania with him mm-hmm. says a lot. So, yeah. Um, yeah, listen, it's, like you said, it's either going to make or break Austin Theory. I'm sure it's going to make him. I'm not really, like, I don't think I don't think he's going to be broken because of this. I mean, like you said, he's great in the ring. He can hold his own on a microphone. I mean, yeah, of course, when John Cena is murdering you on the mic, it's hard to really come out looking strong on the other end. But I think he was fine in there. He looked comfortable. He didn't look like he was in there shitting his pants or anything, you know. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a great back and forth. And, yeah, I guess I guess we'll see if Austin Theory is the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I really am. So we got pretty much the match that everybody speculated that we were going to get at Mania. And that is this uh, six-woman tag match. We have Trish, Lita, and Becky on one side, and then we have Damage Control on the other side. Listen, I'm sure this match is going to be fine. It's going to be entertaining. It's going to be fun. The only kind of holes I want to poke at is, okay, we've got the women's tag titles on Becky and Lita. What are we going to do with that? You know, are, are they going to drop the titles beforehand? Are they going to just go on this run? Maybe they're going to have two matches at Mania. I don't know. And then my only issue, my only other issue is, I feel like this match could have been a lot bigger on paper, right? If we had some stock behind damage control. Because in months, they have programmed the audience to not really give a shit about damage control. Because they haven't done, besides them being tag champions at one point, they haven't really done anything that has fucking mattered. And then you have like this rumblings of a Trish turn, potentially, which is like, I don't want to see that happen. Um, so there's a lot of different variables here, but what's your thoughts on this whole thing? Yeah, I agree. They could have done like, you know, if damage control was really that dominant, like they're just beating down Becky Lynch every single week and to the point where Becky Lynch has nobody else to help her fight off damage control. And then all of a sudden she calls in reinforcements. You got Lita, you got Trish. I think that would have been a better story. I mean, I guess that's kind of how it went, but I mean, really Becky's gotten the upper hand on damage control a bunch of times. And, uh, they just took the, the women's belts off of them. So it's not really like Becky really needed any help uh i guess she did but not really if you know what i mean listen it's the women's tag titles they are what they are i really don't care about them they've given me no reason to care about them uh if it was up to me i would have left them on damage control and just had them do double duty wrestlemania weekend you have them face off against ronda and shana like i guess the plan still is um even though i don't know how it's gonna work now with becky and lita and then you just have the six-woman tag, which I'm fine with the six-woman tag. It's always great to see Trish and Lita in the yep. ring, especially at WrestleMania in 2023. I mean, geez, what world are we living in? And they um, look so, great. Ugh. Yeah, I mean, they both look great still. I mean, they can still go. So I'm not, like, complaining about that. But, um, yeah, the women's titles, they definitely create a weird situation here. We'll see what they do with that. But, um, yeah, listen, it's fine. It is what it is. It's just a showcase match, I guess. You yeah, know? that's pretty much what it is. It's a showcase yeah, match. That's fine. And I'm sure it's gonna a cool moment for... All the women, uh, Becky, Bailey, Dakota, Ennio, to be in there with Lita and Trish at WrestleMania. Oh, absolutely, because they like, grew up on probably them. a childhood dream. Right, so. right. Uh, any thoughts on this possible Trish heel turn that people are speculating that could happen? I, I don't see it. I, know, I hope I'm, you're I'm right. Really, I, I really hope. I mean, if that's going to happen, then she's got to stick around for a while. I don't really see that happening. I think both of them are... Well, maybe if if Lee is still the tag champ, she'll probably stick around for a little while longer. But I don't really see Trish doing anything post-Mania here. I, 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 don't, I don't see it. I don't really know... Why people are speculating that? So we, 
it, we're like three weeks away from Mania, right? And they until now, and I feel like they used to do this before, like way earlier, like by like Rumble or like right after Rumble, they start yeah. making these announcements. But they just they're not they're doing it like three weeks away. So it's like, are we gonna get like two like entrants like every week? Like how big is this Hall of Fame gonna be this year? Well, they finally made the first inductee, and it's gonna be Rey Mysterio. Have no issue with this. I'm happy for Rey. He's beyond deserving of a Hall of Fame induction. And I think what's even cooler than Rey Mysterio, because listen, he, we all know he's a Hall of Famer. He's already a legend as, as he is. He's a living legend. I think what makes it even much cooler is the fact that Conan's going to be inducting him, which I can't think of a better person than Conan. Like, Conan was meant to do this induction speech for Rey Mysterio. They fucking pretty much grew up together. Like, Conan took him under his wing. If you watch the documentary, the A&E documentary of Rey Mysterio, Conan's all over there, and they talk about, like, you know, him putting Rey Mysterio on when he was just a fucking kid. So I'm looking forward to the speech. I hope Conan comes out to the Filthy Animals theme. <laughs> That's what I would love to see. But um, I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited to to just hear Rey Mysterio get inducted and see what he has to say. My only issue and my only fear about this whole thing is I feel like Dominic is going to interfere somehow, some way, and they're going to do an angle. I hope they don't do this. I really don't want... I don't... Because like, I feel like the Hall of Fame is like its own realm, right? Where you kind of blur reality and what we see in the ring, right? I don't want to see an angle at a Hall of Fame. No, I don't no. want to see that. Do do an angle beforehand where it's like Dom is banned from the Hall of Fame because of all the all the things that that he's been doing on all these holidays. He's shown up at Ray's house and stuff like that. Have like Ray say, "Okay, like Dominic, you're banned from the Hall of Fame." If they want to do like something like earlier in the Hall of Fame, not 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 around Ray's speech, but if like they show Dominic trying to get into the building, yeah. or whatever, and security taking him away, like that's fine. Uh, but yeah, don't do anything actually like during Ray's speech. Have Ray come out and not even talk about Dominic in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, I don't. That's my only problem here too. Is that's why it's so weird that like this is happening this weekend where he's like facing off potentially against his son. That match hasn't been announced yet, and it's like he's going into the Hall of Fame. It just seems weird timing. I know uh, California plays a big part in that, and I was not expecting Ray to go into the Hall of Fame, so I'm happy about it. But I just feel like it's definitely weird timing for this whole thing to happen. I also, I also think it's not not not, not that it's weird, but it's like. What a fucking weekend Rey Mysterio is going to fucking have. He's going to get inducted to the Hall of Fame, and he's going to fight his son. I mean, like you said, the match hasn't been announced yet, but he's going to have a match with his son. Like, listen, this this match, I know there's a lot of great shit, other shit that's happening for WrestleMania, but this match has all the potential to steal the show too, man. Because, like, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, like, a lot of people dislike Dominic so much that they don't realize how much he's improved. Like, he's better in the ring now than he was when he was tagging with his dad. His character development has been top-notch. Like, there's going to be so much emotional investment in this for Dominic versus Ray. It, it has all the potential to steal on the weekend. Absolutely. And listen, not that I... Sp- sp- I I want this, but I, I also don't want it at the same time. I wish this was a retirement match. I, I think Ray should just ride into the sunset after this weekend. I mean, what more could he possibly do? How could he top this weekend going into the Hall of Fame and f- passing the torch on to his son after, you know, an emotional match at WrestleMania? I think that would be a beautiful, beautiful story. Obviously, I don't think that's happening. I think Ray's no, going to keep going. especially with the story that they're but. telling. I would agree with you, and I do think we can still get to that. 
but I just don't it's too think... late at this point. Well, no, we could still get the the Mysterio the Mysterios like fighting for each other, mass you know mass retirement, whatever you want to call it. We can still get that, but the story they've been telling leading up to Mania, right, is that Dominic is always getting the upper hand on its father, right? Always fucking with his father. So Ray, ne- him back. Ray needs to win at Mania. Now, if they want to still continue telling this feud at Backlash, not WrestleMania Backlash, but at Backlash, and Dominic keeps pressing his dad, like, put your career on the line or your mask on the line or whatever, I still feel we could get that match, but at Mania... Mysterio needs to get his he needs to get something back. Ray needs to get something back from all these months of abuse from his son. He needs to get listen, it's also to the point, and I don't know if you feel this way, Ryan. Like, listen, I love my dad so much. Like, me and my dad were like this, right? I feel uncomfortable sometimes watching these segments. Like, how can you do this to you? Listen, and that's a good thing, right? That we feel this way, because it's like, how can you do this to your father? You piece of garbage. Like, I'm looking at this. And listen, I like Dominic. Don't get me wrong, I love Dominic. I'm not one of these dominic haters but like it makes me uncomfortable a little bit watching this because it's like you piece of garbage how dare you talk to your father that way how do you think they feel they must feel like you know it's so weird too mm-hmm. but i agree it's weird to think ray mysterio is going to get the win but i mean yeah with the story that they're telling it's probably going to be the case uh so maybe they do have another match down the line maybe at a SummerSlam or something yeah. i have no idea um but yeah i mean nonetheless ray's gonna have a great weekend 1,000%. i'm happy for him he absolutely deserves it um yeah, man, one of the one of the legends and the goats of this business, and all in, an all in legend, absolutely into the WWE Hall of Fame. Look one, at that, an that, all in main eventer, I should say. Oh yeah, oh yeah, one thousand percent, yeah, all in main eventer. And listen, technically, that's the only all in. Okay, there's only been one all in. All right, <laughs> yeah, all right. out is something completely different. So, right. one and done for Rey Mysterio, and oh. He also went into Japan. He was in New Japan, too. He tagged with Okada. Right, right, yeah. I Look mean, hey, this. he's done it all, man. He's done it all. He's definitely done it all. Um, Let's see. All right, let's go with this, and then we'll we'll leave the, the best for last. Okay, so we talked about in the last episode how there's already rumblings of, like, um, the WWE Backlash event and then the WWE King and Queen events, and we finally got that established. So for... WWE King and Queen of the Ring, that's happening in Saudi Arabia, double or nothing weekend. So we're getting money in the sand nine. That's already confirmed, set in stone, done. Now, WWE Backlash is interesting because WWE Backlash is going to happen in Puerto Rico. I believe it's a stadium show and Bad Bunny's going to host it. So that means you're going to get like this like monster type of event like we see like at Saudi Arabia with money in the sands. Like we saw like uh, uh, at the UK recently. Um, what was that? Uh, Clash at the Castle, and we're gonna get like a WrestleMania adjacent like um, visual of it. And I think this is dope for Puerto Rico. I love the fact that Bad Bunny's involved in it. So it's not gonna be Money in the Sand. It's gonna be Money in the Barrio. That's what we're getting in Puerto Rico. I'm here for it, man. And I think this is gonna be a big event, man. It's cool, man. It's uh, yeah. I, I cannot believe uh, when they announced this, I was really, really surprised. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's, it's. I always love seeing these type of stadium shows in these different uh, places that they've never, well, not never run before. I think in 2005 was the yeah, last event they ran in Puerto uh, Rico. So. Was Elimination Chamber or one of the New New Year's Revolution, I believe it was. Yeah. In 05. Pretty cool, man. Pretty yeah. cool to see Bad Bunny back and hosting. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's awesome. It's, uh, like I said, not to be expected, but I'm all here for it. 
Yeah, I mean, is it overkill with these stadium shows? Eh, maybe, but they're going to different countries right. and doing different That's what things. Makes I it think different. it's expanding and yep. it's a good thing, you know? That's what so. makes it different. That's why I have no issue with it either. I, I think you can make the argument for, like, SummerSlam. Like, ah, oh, you don't really need that for a stadium show, but... I do like the fact how they're going to these different countries. Like, they're going to go back to Puerto Rico in May for Backlash. Uh, they're doing the the Saudi Arabia shows, the Money in the Sands, which, regardless how you feel about it, whatever, you know, it's a spectacle, right? And I think that's the whole purpose. Like, WWE is bringing not only this event to your country or your city, but is a spectacle, a spectacle that comes up. There's a whole bunch of mess that comes with it, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, it brings a lot of money and revenue in and uh it's a big deal man and i think i saw there was going to be they're in talks of them doing one in australia too um, yeah. at the end of the year or something like that yeah. so yeah it's just going to keep rolling man so listen we get spoiled here in the united states we do i'm okay with spreading the love around you know there you go and also extra money in my pocket because i'm not tempted to flood <laughs> go to these events so i'm all for it <laughs> yeah listen i'm not going to i'm definitely n- never going to a saudi arabia show and <laughs> yeah. listen why uh, not I'm sure the Puerto Rico. I'm sure the Puerto Rico trip would be fun, you know, because you could do shit in Puerto Rico. But listen, I'm not going to Puerto Rico for a wrestling show either, you know. No, but uh, <laughs> but it, like listen, I'll be watching it. I'm here for it. I'm I'm here for watching these events, man. And then you have really? the King and Queen um event that's happening. That's gonna happen double or nothing weekend. So there's like a shit ton of wrestling happening that weekend. So it should be dope, man. The the next couple of months, we just more and more shows are happening that just feel bigger than life, you know. Wrestling is life, man. Wrestling is life. Speaking of wrestling, that's life. I left the best for last because I want to talk about this bloodline story that just continues and continues to progress, which is like a fucking like novella, bro. Like that's the best way to describe it. It just feels like you're watching like one of these like daytime like like you know like just these these shows that you watch like your parents watch because it's like the twists and turns and this and that and you're like oh my god what's happening here it's probably the the best wrestling story ever told is it not it's hard to argue it really is so so um let's see where do we start here okay so in recent weeks we have gotten no jay right and Jay finally made his return after Roman's been demanding to Jimmy. Like, listen, where's Jay? Where's Jay? And Roman finally just, he's like, you know what? This is not on Jay anymore. It's not even on Sam anymore. If Jay doesn't come back, this is on Jimmy. I'm putting the blame on Jimmy. Keep in mind, listen, this is how much Roman is a piece of shit that he takes no ownership of anything. All right? <laughs> he's just pointing the finger at everyone. No ownership at all. So... Fast forward, so Sammy's been feuding with the bloodline still. You know, he had a match with Solo Sokoa, I believe, on SmackDown. Solo picked up the win. Listen, they're protecting Solo, so you know, there's something big on the horizon for Solo Sokoa, right? Because they're protecting him 1,000%. And then we get a match with Jimmy and Sammy and Monday Night Raw, all right? Prior to the match, uh, I believe there was a beatdown on Kevin Owens, if I'm not mistaken, with the bloodline. And then Sammy makes the save. Sammy tries to reach out for Kevin Owens. Kevin still wants nothing to do with Sammy. Like, get out of here. I want nothing to do with you. <laughs> I want you to. I want nothing to do with you, Sam. Get out of here. So we're, it's a slow burn there, all right? It's a slow burn. Okay? Fast forward to the main event. Jimmy, Sammy. We get the match. Sammy picks up the win. And uh, Jay shows up in the crowd, all right? 
what is Jay going to do? We get this emotional face-off between Jay and Jimmy. It was right in the fields, bro. And, like, Jay just looked conflicted. Like, man, like, if, if WWE was, like, they should be considered for, like, Emmys and shit. Because, like, Jay... And, you know, Sammy to a degree also, but Jay has been such a star in this whole Bloodline story for years already. Because the Bloodline started with the abuse that Jay was getting from Roman. That's how the Bloodline started, okay? So, Jay just looked conflicted to the verge of crying, and Jimmy's just looking at him like, what, bro? Like, what? And he's holding him, he hugs him, and he's holding him, and he just looks at him, and he just walks away from Jimmy. And the crowd is like, what the fuck is happening here? Keep in mind, while all this is happening, I didn't even realize Sammy was still outside just watching this whole thing. Yeah. I had no, I, I completely forgot about that. That's like how invested I was at, like, what was going on between Jay and Jimmy. And I'm like, what are they doing here? And then Jay just looks at Sammy, and I thought that Jay was going to have, like, an attitude with Sammy. Yeah. But no. He looks at him, and he's like, I choose you, and hugs him. Oh, my God, right in the fields. He hugs him. And they raised the one together. And as they're raising the one together, Sammy's still playing with Jimmy, saying, like, it doesn't need to be this way. Come join us. It doesn't need to be this way. And they're looking at each other. Jay and Sammy are looking at each other. And I'm like, wow, bro. And then all of a sudden, boom, super kick. And he grabs Sammy's face and he tells him, you thought I was going to pick you? This is family shit. And he starts beating up. They throw Sammy in the ring. And then Soul Sokoa jumps in. They start beating the crap out of Sammy. Cody makes the save. Cody Rhodes. He makes the save. Man, I, I do want to talk about what happened on SmackDown, but just specifically this. What a roller coaster. What a fucking yeah. roller coaster, bro. And all credit to Jay in this because he really makes you believe. That yeah. man makes you believe. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, listen, I'm sure some people are going to be like, oh, I saw the super kick coming. Oh, you knew he was going to turn on Sammy. But still, if you just take away from like, okay, I can see this happening. But just like, let yourself feel that moment. Like, listen, while this is all story they're telling us, right? And they're playing characters, right? You can't sit here and tell me that they're all not backstage, like just celebrating like, Yo, we're telling the best story in wrestling. So it like that hug, like that hug that J, that first hug that Jay does give Sammy, you can't tell me that's not a real hug. It is a real hug. Cause like yeah, they're fe- they're gonna ultimately have this match at Mania and they're feuding with each other, but that hug is real, bro. Cause they're living this together. They all deserve an Emmy, a nominee, Emmy, everything for their acting involved in this. I mean. Jay Uso just absolutely knocked it out of the freak. I mean, well, they all did. But, man, the facials, um, the slow, just the looks, like the everything, man. Like, I was waiting for the turn to come. I mean, you know. Right. We all know it's coming, so it's like it wasn't a shock. But they but make you so believe. They make you yeah. believe for that for those couple seconds, that moment. They make you believe. It's beautifully done. It was one of the best endings to Raw I've ever seen. I've watched it so many times. Uh, I love how he takes Sammy's face. It's family shit right in front of a bunch of kids in the front row. Ah, they'll uh, be out. They'll you know, be out. Right? It's family um, shit. 
it was uh yeah it was just so well done here comes babyface cody so it looks like cody's gonna be the one yes to bring sammy and oh. kevin together and it's beautiful because cody is just as involved in the story as yes. them because he's going after roman so it makes complete sense and also too in the beginning of the night <clears throat> maybe in the middle of the show we saw a backstage segment between um rick boogs and elias and if you noticed, not many people did. You see Cody and Kevin Owens in the background talking. Oh, I didn't notice yeah, that. So that was wow, look around. at that I mean, I noticed egg. it when I was watching it, but uh, then it was going around Twitter. And just the little things like that, it's just like, I love shit like that, man. The attention to detail, it's tremendous. How, like, even not even a month ago, a couple weeks ago, everybody was wondering, like, how is Cody Rhodes going to get be brought into this bloodline story, especially with everything has been the focus on Sammy. And he's fit into this just like a fucking glove, bro. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's It's been unbelievable. It's so... I'm waiting for that uh, six-man tag. Yeah. Cody, oh, Sammy, yeah. KO against Roman and the Usos? Like, that'd be freaking oh, awesome. Or, or Roman goes like, listen, I'm not fighting on a, on a SmackDown. Sosa call, you take my place. <laughs> yeah, or that. that That's fine, too. Yeah, that's fine. Because I don't think we should see Roman and Cody touch until Mania, so... So, um, fast forward to SmackDown, okay? Uh, the whole buildup. And listen, WWE, they trolled the audience 1,000%. Because everybody thought Roman was going to be part of this story. Even I, even the way the they graphic. shot it in the beginning. The first segment, when the Usos pull, pulled up, Jay goes like, where's the tribal chief? And Paul Heyman told him, like, oh, you know, I'll tell him, blah, blah, blah. So, we thought that this was going to be the main event segment. Yo, Roman was nowhere to be found, but Jay did... I did notice this about Jay's promo. While he, it was a heel promo, and he did say, what did you expect me to do? Um, you guys are all hypocrites, and just like Sammy and blah, 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 and this, is and that. If you hear the tone of his voice, while he is loyal to his family, he's loyal to his brother, which is the main guy he's loyal to, if you really think about it, is Jimmy, who he's really loyal to. He did this for Jimmy. You could also tell that he still has a little bit of conflictions when it comes to Roman Reigns, which I feel like that's going to be a story we're going to eventually tell somewhere down the line. Yeah, yeah. I, it's definitely going to have to come back. I, listen, the bloodline is it's not ending at WrestleMania. I don't, There's so much more story to tell here. I'm I glad you said that because I, yeah. I, I got something else to say that I want to add on to that. So... That happens. Cody Rhodes comes out, and because they they did mention Cody Rhodes saying like we got to take care of this Cody Rhodes problem because they're getting in, get, getting involved in bloodline business. So Cody Rhodes comes out and goes like, "Listen, you mentioned my name. You know why don't you just say whatever you got to say to my face? Or better yet, let's you know they, these people don't want to see us talk. They want to see us fight." Sammy makes a run in, and now we get this beat down. Sammy and Cody they fight. Listen, they fight around the arena. Cody's having trouble taking his shirt off. Like they're just going at it. And I love this. I love that now Cody and Sammy have this alliance where it's like, oh, you know, for the people that were like, oh man, it should be Sammy. It should be Sammy. Well, Sammy's still part of the story. Sammy hasn't left the story. The, yeah. the, the, the the story is Sammy wants to take down the bloodline, and Cody's gonna do it with them. And now you just mentioned that Cody. Was talking to Kevin Owens, so he's gonna be the bridge to bring them back together. It's perfect, man. That's it. Just I love when shit makes sense. You know, it's just a beautiful thing, and it's all coming together. And it's gonna be again, Bloodline losing all the titles at WrestleMania. It's gonna be an incredible story, man. But then, like I said, it's not gonna end because you're gonna have the the layer with Jay still not knowing really, like you know, 
the Jay and Roman, I'm sure, is going to continue in some fashion. And, uh, you know, Roman's going to be all pissed off and shit. And it's just, uh, oof, man, I don't even know what's going to happen next. But let me tell you, like you said before, it's definitely the best told story that they've told in a long time. And in, in all of pro wrestling, not even just in, in WWE, it's uh, it's beautiful, man. It's like you can't wait to see what happens next. It's basically like appointment television it's must-see tv whenever these segments are on you know i mean i had smackdown on a friday night i had plans to turn it off and watch something else but it was approaching 9 30 and i knew that the bloodline were going to be in the main event i said to myself you know what i've i i'm already made it this far i said i gotta watch this bloodline segment you know i gotta see what's going on and so great man it's so awesome so i i love the fact that you mentioned like because we don't and and leo's back here so i i'm glad that leo's here because i want him to hear this too so you mentioned how like this bloodline story, we necessarily don't know where it's gonna go, right? We can only speculate. Okay? It's all speculation. Speculation. Kevin Owens and, and Sami Zayn are gonna take the tag titles from the Usos. Cody Rhodes is gonna de- finally be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns at WrestleMania, right? So for whatever reason, after watching SmackDown, after watching Monday Night Raw, and kind of pretty much since we got the Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns segment last Friday. Not this past Friday, but last Friday. Their first face-off, right? Which I thought was a phenomenal segment, okay? From that point on, i just been thinking about this Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns story. And I'm thinking to myself, man, this Cody Rhodes story just seems too perfect. He returns after injury. He wins the Royal Rumble. Then obviously we had the little, the little not bump on the road, but we had, we had to finish off the Sammy and Roman story at at um, Elimination Chamber, and now we're full force into WrestleMania, right? So I'm watching, I'm I'm list, I'm looking at all this stuff, and I'm just thinking about it, and I'm like, listen, now, I I want to just before people twist my words around, okay? I want Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes to be world champion, all right? I want him to do it, okay? But there's a part of me that feels there's a part of me that feels what if it doesn't happen at mania what if roman reigns retains it's a possibility yeah like this story feels too perfect right and and that's been some that's been also criticism as well it feels too we're serving this to you guys cody rhodes is going to be the guy we all knew that he was going to win the royal rumble right it's been like just served to us, like here. It's Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is getting. He's not. The crowd's not turning on Cody, right? The crowd is full fledged on Cody Rhodes, and I'm looking at this and I'm like, at Mania, Roman Reigns is not even gonna hit a thousand days yet as champion. There's a part of me that feels. Now listen, if Cody Rhodes beats Roman Reigns at Mania, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'll cheer. I'm happy for it. But at the same time. I would not be disappointed either if Roman Reigns retains and I'm raising my one up in the air. Okay? I will not be disappointed in that either. Because you have two actually not maybe uh I won't count money in the bank, but you have two other stadium shows coming. You have the backlash show in Puerto Rico, and then you have the Money in the Sand Nine show in Saudi Arabia. The King and Queen. You need the you need the tribal chief at those shows, okay? Yeah. And by those shows, he will have hit a thousand days already. Right. So, while I'm here for Cody Rhodes beating, beating Roman Reigns, if it happens at Mania, I'm here for it. He deserves it 1,000%. But if Roman Reigns does retain, 
I'm here for it as well. I don't think it's a sure thing as we're all expecting it to be that Cody Rhodes is going to dethrone Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I don't think it's a sure thing as people are speculating it to be. I agree. I agree. Uh, I really, And as disappointed as most people will be, you got to appreciate the historic run that Roman Just Reigns say is it, on. Ryan. You're going to be raising that one in the air. I mean, yeah, dude, how can I be mad? How can, how can you really be mad, you know? I, I really won't. Will I be a little disappointed? Yeah, you know, I want to be there for Cody's moment. Well, you'll be raising the one up in the air. Oh, you know. Yeah, maybe I'll wear my Cody Rhodes shirt, I'll rip it off, and it'll be the Bloodline shirt, and I'll be like, throwing up the one, you know? Maybe. Who knows? But, Listen, um, man, yeah, I, I just I, don't think it's a sure thing, bro. I don't I think agree. it's a sure thing as people are, are expecting it to be. Because, like, listen, Roman Reigns, when is a record that Roman Reigns is on as champion going to happen again? It's Right. And tough, and and the run that he's on right now, to not hit a 1,000 days, it's, think about it, it's kind of like criminal. It's like how, you yeah. know? Like So, yeah, I agree. I don't think it's a sure thing either. And if it, if it happens with him retaining... Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I, I can't his, sit here and tell Ryan's you. Ryan's taking his about. Cody shirts shirt off. Is gonna have a. He's gonna have the We the One shirt. The on. He's gonna ones, be raising yeah. that one up in the air. We the One Thousand. Um, I'm, listen, I don't think it's a sure thing that Cody's gonna Great. beat Roman at, at Mania, and if it and if that does not happen, I'll be fine either way. If Roman retains, I'll be happy. If Cody wins, I'll be happy as well. But I just don't think it's a sure thing as people are expecting it to be. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, obviously, if, if I'm a betting man, I'm putting it all on Cody. But I agree, man. There's that there, that's a small chance that makes me think that, well, it's not going to happen because Roman has said a thousand days. And, uh, you know, we're going to just continue telling the story of how Cody has reached the top. Can't quite finish his story. Yep. Yep. So that's it. That's it. That's how we're going to finish the show, bro. I think we covered everything. A lot of content to cover this past weekend, for the most part, all phenomenal stuff. Yeah, absolutely, man. Everything everything that's going on right now is, is hot, so I got to love it. All right, Ryan, give me your plugs in. All right, at Lucha Outsiders on Twitter. Uh, I've been live, t- eh, not live tweeting all the shows, but I've been pretty active on there recently. So, uh, yeah, give it a follow, follow if you haven't already. Leo. LosRadio.com, where you guys can check out this and every other show that we produce here at LosRadio.com. All right. You can follow me at Rated R since 87, but make sure you follow us at Lucha Outsiders everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you miss anything or everything on today's episode, make sure to download, subscribe to the podcast version of the show. iTunes, SoundCloud, you want to be fancy, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, LaMaskLab, LosRadio.com, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your podcast needs. And that is it for the old man Leo. For yeah. our double Ryan Radar, I'm yours truly, Mr. Rated R. Till next time, keep it Rated R and stay too sweet. All right, we're good.